So before I begin my homily this morning, I just want to explain my vestment. Uh, some of you might be looking at it and say, think it looks a little weird. Some of you who are a little more well-seasoned, I like to say that instead of old these days, <clears throat> more well-seasoned might remember this type of vestment. It's called a fiddleback. Uh, it's an old vestment. This one particularly is over 100 years old. And I got it <clears throat> from the diocesan archives when I was ordained. I went to the diocesan archives and I raided it. I mean, I took everything that was great there. And then afterwards, my brother priests are like, well, you took all the good stuff. And I'm like, well, that's true. But the good news, it's in good hands. I'm taking care of it. So uh, on really uh, important feast days and solemnities and big days in the church, I wear this vestment. So you'll see it again at Christmas and Easter. And uh, anyway, it's a beautiful vestment. It actually has real gold thread in it. Uh, So you just, they don't make them like this anymore. And the reason I'm wearing it today is because of this beautiful feast day. The Solemnity of Christ, the King of the Universe. I love the name. Before, remember, I think it was in 2012 when we changed the whole missal, the different translation. They changed the name of this feast day from Christ the King to the Solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. That it wasn't just good enough for him to be Christ the King, that he was King of the Universe. I love that. There is no place... In this entire universe where God, Jesus, the Son of God, does not point his finger and say, Mine. It all belongs to him. He is the word in which the Father created. Actually, I should correct myself. There is one place. And in fact, there is only one place. Where the Lord Jesus cannot point his finger and necessarily say, Mine. And that place is your heart, my heart. Is he king of your heart? Are you his loyal subject? I read a survey a couple years ago. It said of those polled, thousands of people polled, 95% of them said they believed in God. That's good news. I mean, when you watch, look at the news, you would think that most of the world right now is atheist. They're not. They're theists, which means they believe. But I would ask the same people that checked, yes, I believe, prove it to me. How does it affect your life? How does it change the way you live? How does it change your heart? Is it the priority of your life? I love preaching right around this time because this is deer season time. And deer can almost turn into what they call in the Old Testament the golden calf. A thing to be worshipped. That I have to get my deer. Now don't get you wrong, I love deer hunting as much as the next guy. Right? If it moves and it's legal, I kill it. But, sometimes legality is in there. But anyway... But I love Jesus more. Before I hunt, I pray or I celebrate Mass. We're in the season, not of Advent, unfortunately, but of shopping. Do you love Jesus more than you love shopping? Does He have precedent in your life? Can you show it to people? Is it something that 
impacts every area? Or is it just something on the side? When I was in uh, high school, I was in the band. And I had a band teacher. His name was Bill Schmidt. God rest his soul. He died young of cancer, I think, about eight years ago. He was tough. He was the, probably the toughest band teacher I've ever met. And he demanded stuff of us. And he had people that he hated in the band. Hates a, hates a strong word. People he really, really disliked. <clears throat> and he called them sandbaggers. I don't know if you know what that means. I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what is a sandbagger? I was thinking floods, you know? A sandbagger is somebody in Bill Schmidt's mind, or maybe in all band teachers' minds, that pretends to play. They're not really playing. They pretend to play. And why are they in band? Well, because they want to go on tour to Hawaii or the East Coast or West Coast, and they want all the fun, but they don't want to put in the work. And because they don't put in the work, because they don't practice, because they don't really play, they never are any good at their instrument. I think this happens to Catholics in our society. That I'm in the church to go to heaven. Or maybe a different way is in the negative. I'm in the church so I don't go to hell. But I'm never really all in. I'm never really all in. So is Christ the king of your life or not? That's a question we have to ask today on this feast. But I don't know if we really understand his kingship. You see, to say that Jesus was king in the ancient world meant everything. Remember, Israel at this time is occupied by the Roman Empire. And so to say that somebody was king meant that they had power over Caesar. That's a dangerous place to be. This is why why Pilate is so adamant on getting Jesus to answer the question today. Are you a king? Because if he says yes, he's a dead man. Done. But if he says no, well then this whole thing is a joke. Let him go free and everybody go home. And Jesus answers as only Jesus can. I don't know if you read in the scriptures, but I find it hilarious. Every time they think they have Jesus trapped, like today, he somehow gets out of it. Right? Because he says, are you a king? And Jesus says, you say that I'm a king. And then Pilate's like, you are a king. And he's like, you say I'm a king. It's like, Jesus, answer the question. But he is answering the question. You say I'm a king, Pilate. Because Jesus knows what Pilate's thinking. Pilate's thinking of kingship like Caesar. Domination, manipulation, fear, force, power. Pilate, you're saying I'm that kind of king? I'm not. And my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is different. He's not avoiding the question, he's answering it. Pilate, I am not the king that you think I am. You want to see my throne? You want to see what my kingship looks like? It's right there. That's Christ the King. Not power. Not domination, not fear, not force. Love. Self-giving love. And if he is king in your life, 
then you need to learn how to die. Learn how to love the cross because love of Christ is love of the cross. To be all in, to follow Christ the King, to be under his rule, his governance, is to have the cross planted deep in your heart. So you can either love the cross or you can love yourself. That's what's on display today in the gospel. Pilate. I think some of us might, you know, we might sit back and say, Pilate wasn't that bad of a guy. Come on, he tried. You know how many times he tried? Seven times he proclaimed Jesus innocent. Seven times I find no case against this man. And yet in the end, he murdered him. What Pilate did that day was an unspeakable evil. And how many times do we, and I say me here too, how many times do we do the same thing? How many times do we try every good trick to get out of something because we don't want people to know that we're Christian, that we don't want to voice publicly our faith? How many times do we sell out the Son of Man Because we want to be popular. Because we don't want to divide friendships or families. Because we don't want people at the workplace to know. How often do we, like Pilate, not want to hear the truth because we know it will cause us to change. And so instead of changing, we kill the voice of love. We kill the voice of God himself. He sentenced an innocent man to death. Because he was too afraid of what other people would think. But there are also those who wholeheartedly embrace the cross. Who are all in. During the persecutions in Mexico in the early 1900s, there was a group of people called the Cristeros. Those who fought back against the atheistic regime. And they had a saying... And their saying was, Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. And it was what they would shout, what they would proclaim to their persecutors as they were killing them. And of those Cristeros, there was a boy, just 14 years of age. His name, Jose Sanchez del Rio. At a certain point, the government caught him They held him at knife point, telling him to denounce his faith. He wouldn't. They took his friend and hung him in front of him. And he still refused. He said to the man dying, Lacero, you will be in heaven before me. Tell Christ the King I shall see him soon. Then on February 10th, 1928, after being brutally tortured, having the skin cut off the soles of his feet and made to walk through the town to the cemetery where a grave was already dug. They gave him his final chance to denounce his faith. And he refused. And they stabbed him again and again and again. And with each blow, he said, Viva Cristo Rey. Finally, they said to him as he lied, dying on the ground, 
Are you have any final words? And he said, Tell my father, I shall see him in heaven. And they shot him in the back of the head and kicked his lifeless body into the grave. We have always had the ease of religious freedom. And we've never felt the oppression of an atheistic regime. But it's coming. You can see glimpses of it already. Little by little, it is coming. And soon the lines will be drawn. And soon we will see who truly follows Christ the King. Will we be like Pilate and cowardly sell him out to save ourselves? Or will we be like the newly proclaimed Saint Jose Sanchez del Rio and shout to our persecutors, Viva Cristo Rey.